Hey, I'm Marina. And I'm Emily. And I've seen everything in the Sex and the City Empire 10,000 times. And I'm starting fresh. So I'll be woman-splaining the show. And I'm along for the ride. But there's a twist. We are starting with and just like that and working our way back to the beginning. So in other words, we're watching it backwards and in high heels. This is City and the Sex. Stop on down to And Just Like That Season 1, Episode 3. I don't know what this voice is, but we were just talking about voices, and then I did that. We were talking about voice acting, and Marina's like, I'm going to come on as like a carnival barker. (laughs) And instead I did whatever the hell that was. (laughs) I love that choice for you. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. God. (laughs) Rough start. (laughs) I don't, I honestly, actually, I disagree. I don't think we could have done this better. Okay. (laughs) There's no, there's no opening that was stronger than whatever we just put on the table. Not only do I want to have my reel be a part of this show, I also want to audition to be Bob Barker. Um, oh, I know that they're looking for that. They're not. I know that they're looking for that. And um, I'm not represented by a union. So I will scab. And I'm happy to do it. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. All right. You heard it here for her here first, folks. This is her bitch. I am a scab. I can talk like a carnival barker. I can give out money. That's my resume. Okay. You're going to ask me for my professional resume. It's got those three sentences on it. And sentences barely covers it. <laughs> well, I would hire you in a heartbeat. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we will eventually end up hiring each other to That's, hold each other. <laughs> that is inevitably where this leads. <laughs> um, Man, and just like that, season one, episode three, before we get into our episode, we have a little bit of a teaser, which is that we actually have a special guest who will be joining us later in the episode because they make a cameo in the episode. Very exciting. At a very pivotal moment. At a very pivotal moment. Ooh, is that (laughs) sexy enough for you viewers? Uh (laughs) (laughs) You disgusting perverts, is that sexy enough for you? You fucking animals. Um, (laughs) A lot of- No, this uh, is a very fun interview. Yes. We are are not doing it justice. It was genuinely very fun. She is is, uh, such a good time and I, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Um, so anyway, sit tight, put on your little seatbelt for that. Um, but we have to get through the safari first. Um, we are at our first pit stop. Now I'm doing Jungle Cruise at Disneyland. Um, we're at our first pit stop. Uh, what was your one word for this episode, Emily? Concert. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's really, we're building toward that. There's, I, I I don't want to say too much right now because I know we're going to be talking about this so much later. So, um, concert. Concert. (laughs) What what was your one word for this episode? My one word for this episode is good question mark. Okay. I think we've had a few of those. That's interesting. In that, because there are some scenes in this episode that I think really work, especially compared to some scenes that we see in season two that are like bastardized, ripped off versions of scenes that happen in this episode. Um, And we'll talk about it more when we get there, but... 
Um, there were parts of this episode that I actually thought were really good, really strong conversations that happen um, that I was like, wow, I'm actually like, I care. Um, and I don't think I've cared in a while. So maybe that's my one word is just, I care, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> caring. Caring. Caring? I think that's a great one. I think it's a great one. Um, I can't wait to talk about what I think you're referring to. Yes. But first, we start with our favorite person, our MVP, the person who gets us through, unfortunately, these episodes, and that mm. is Charlotte. Um, at the beginning of this episode, uh, Carrie and Miranda are like on their way to brunch, but they're late. So Charlotte's there left with Stanford and we get this very like awkward clash because she's like, oh, you're here. And he's like, you know what? You guys have never fucking liked me. And so, yeah, I am fucking here because I am Carrie's best friend. It's such a funny zero to 60 <laughs> way to kick off this episode of her being like, you know, oh, I just... I made a reservation for three and him being like, you never accepted me. And I've told my therapist about you. <laughs> yeah. And she's kind of a bitch about it too. I was like, okay. Yeah, she's like, Oh, I, I thought it was very funny. I was kind of, I was ready for the Stanford Charlotte showdown. You know what I mean? I was like, I would like to see these two people go at it. Yeah. It kind of goes back to my earlier thing of like, this idea we talked about for the first episode of and just like that, where this like luminous fourth chair, like, I would just mm. love if it was like, oh, are all these new characters going to sit in it? No. And then Stanford does. And Charlotte just like rolls her eyes. Like, that would have yeah. been funny. <laughs> I would have loved yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, that's a good bit. That is a good solid bit. Yeah. And also like, it also, this is a funny joke because Charlotte is the friend you would tell your therapist about. I mean, honestly, all of them maybe are the friends yeah. you would tell your therapist about. All of about. them are, yeah. I, that's, that's fair. But like, you know, just, I believe it. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then it like culminates in this, I think, really funny moment later. They put them at the t at the table near the kitchen. So his door, like the door is constantly like, smacking into his back. I, I liked it. I love a good goofy comedy. Look, we're simple girls. We're simple gals. <laughs> we're simple <okay>? gals. <laughs> we just want a good, a good laugh. <laughs> we just want a joke that functions and makes sense. And if I can understand it, then <laughs> I'll enjoy it. If I don't understand Please. it, then... I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I only have two levers, okay? Yeah. Laughing or mad. And they're very close in the mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be careful. We'll go talk about that brunch a little bit more later since it is it is more about Carrie and Miranda. But um, later we see Charlotte reading in bed with Rock, Nay, Rose at this time. And... Charlotte says something like, oh, you'll always be my baby girl. They're like, I hate it when you call me that. And Charlotte kind of like, you know, like like I think a normal parent would be is is somewhat taken aback because it's clear that she's like completely uh, oblivious to the fact that her child is definitely exploring their gender expression. Right. I think honestly, I think the way Charlotte handled it was not when I was expecting if that made sense like I actually was expecting Charlotte to be very much in denial off the bat and I'm gonna reserve judgment for now when we you know as we're talking about it. I was genuinely surprised that her response actually was to immediately take it seriously do you know what I mean she that did although she did try to tomboy it away 
And then I do like that the next scene with them together, right when she's with Anthony and um, we they're at Hot Fellas Bread or whatever. And Anthony is definitely playing kind of, I don't even know if to call it devil's advocate, but I guess he's playing the other side where he's like, right. all kids like want to be something like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it's actually like real. And I like right. that that conversation, I think it, with this show <laughs> and our expectations <laughs> of this show, it would be so easy for her to be like, yeah, you're right. Instead, she's like kind of mixed about it. Like she talks to Anthony right. and what Anthony says doesn't like quite sit with her. Um, right, exactly. Which I was surpri- I was kind of waiting for the moment of her to like get the explanation she wanted so she could be like, oh, okay, great. I can ignore this. And so then when Anthony said that and she pushed back, I was like, I actually don't know where this is going. So I'm curious to see how this plot's going to unfold. Also, I don't really understand how old Rock is. So like in the beginning, Charlotte is reading a book to them in bed and that feels much younger than what the actress is. Do you know what I'm saying? There's that joke where Anthony's like, it's a hand job or whatever. And Rose is like, what's a hand job? And then he's like, uh... <laughs> So I think the idea is that they are super young. I think that that is the intention. I think they're somewhere between like 11 and 13. Okay. Because remember, uh, Lily is like 15. Right. Right. That's true. That's a good I point. do think they play fast and loose with like. The ages. The ages in that like how much, like how old is this teen really? So like Mm -hmm. I can believe that there's a 13 year old out there that doesn't know what a hand job is. I mean, listen, (laughs) I forced my mother to read to me until seventh grade. Okay. I respect. (laughs) I'll back off. Because I just liked it. And I I do remember. (laughs) Here's some parenting. Okay. This is how she stopped. I went to her and said, okay, mommy, it's time for like book reading time or whatever. And she was like, okay, I'll be right upstairs. And she never came upstairs. Marina, do you want to talk about this? No, I have trauma. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. Marina, you're shaking right now. This is my <laughs> Oprah moment. Um, Yeah. I'll never forget that. I was like, That's oh, so I, devastating. I guess it's over. <laughs> and I think the next day I like tried to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is how desperate I am. <laughs> the next day I was oh, like, no. mom, you forgot to come upstairs. And she was like, I just think we're past this now. And I was like, oh. Oh, no. No. Let me be clear. I love my mom. She's great. <laughs> um, but. Okay. This was low key scarring. <laughs> I see. Okay. So when this I saw them yeah. reading in bed together, I was like, oh, hand well, on the screen. Just, hand on the screen. Hand on the screen. Mother. Like, oh, mother. Yeah. So I guess for I me, see. I was like, okay. if I was, when I was 11 or 12, my mom was still reading you to really, me. Yeah. I think it's kind of to set up that Charlotte really still views her as a baby mm-hmm. and they are not necessarily a baby anymore and they're starting to grow up and they're starting to explore like themselves in this bigger way yeah um thank you for sharing that with me (laughs) yeah and i'm sorry i'll read to you next time we have a sleepover thank you hold me um (laughs) 
So then from this point on, Charlotte's in a couple other scenes and this plot kind of wraps up, but those are all kind of tied with the big gals group. So we'll touch on those later. Um, I think, though, I do want to backpedal to Miranda and kind of set her up before we get to the big comedy concert. Um, So we see that Miranda and Carrie meet up and Miranda says, oh, I'm finally listening to your podcast. Che is so funny. There's something about that line. Every time I hear her say it, I'm like, (laughs) there were a lot of lines. Exorcism. Um, but she's like, Che is so funny. And then they talk about the famed comedy concert that they will be going to the comedy concert together. I think we're just forever on the anthropological quest that is how did the word concert, because it's intentional, because right. <laughs> 10 different people right. say it. How did the word concert become a thing? Here's my grand conspiracy is that okay, let's hear it. Sara Ramirez very famously can sing very famously is an excellent singer sung on Broadway. I believe won a Tony for their performance in Spamalot as the original lady of the lake. Like they can sing period. My theory is that maybe this comedy show originally had a song in it and then they took it out and then they didn't fix comedy concert. Oh, I like this theory. I like this conspiracy theory. But then it just begs the question, why concert? Right, why? Why concert? What about this says concert? Right, exactly. We've been on hard on Michael Patrick King before for (laughs) claiming to understand how comedy works and then clearly does a thing that is not comedy. It's like, this isn't even, you know, insider snobbery comedy opinion. It's like, you know, off the street, if you said comedy concert, people would not know what you're talking about. Yeah. I'll also say that I hope that when the earth implodes and aliens come and they find the remnants of our society, that they hear comedy concert and they call comedy shows comedy concerts from here on out. That's a bold take and that's not where I thought it was going, but you know what? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I believe in the power of the comedy concert. Marina is a convert. I'm a so convert. many things in this in this show have been like you being like this insane thing happens, but you know what? I'm there now. <laughs> I'm really trying to give in like boomer retiree style. I'm just trying to give in to the Kokomo, like, yes. <laughs> Comedy, <laughs> concert. Comedy concert. Because <laughs> um, I have to I have to get a coping mechanism that I understand. It is. Okay, I've been through a lot. Okay. I revealed the original trauma source of my book reading time being taken away. All right. Uh, I have to deal with the fact that I guess I just ne- don't like stand up and I never did, according to Michael Patrick King. Don't don't let this man shake the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Your core. Rena, you're trembling again. <laughs> your left eye is twitching. Rena. Rena, look at me. Look at me. <laughs> Too late, bitch. I'm gone. He's fully taken <laughs> me. An episode. Quick. I've ascended. Stop I've ascended. It's over. <laughs> She's levitating. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I'm back. I'm back. back. All right. Oh, God. So then we later see Miranda and Steve are together making Sundays. This is like a ritual we've seen a couple times now. Um, and Steve finally wakes up. 
<laughs> wake up and is like should we parent our son and not have that girlfriend sleep over all the time since she just lives here and they just fuck all the time and then Miranda absolutely shuts him down I forgot exactly what she says but she's just like well like it's too late now to like whatever stop the train something like that and I'm like oh, what you could have stood together as a unit and been like get out and then the girl insults her to her face she's like oh yeah yogurt is like better for aging bones it's shocking this is the first that we've heard from this girl i'm oh, sorry excuse me this is actually not the first we've heard from this girl we've heard a lot of shouting and sexual moaning from this girl yes this. this is the first like line of dialogue that we've heard from her at least like shared with someone in upright right and it's like shocking I mean, it's continuing with the theme of, like, young people are awful in this show. My theory is, as we know, Brady breaks up with this girl in season two. Or actually, this girl dumps Brady, which is even more depressing. Um, and I think because she wasn't there, that's why they secretly made Lily the worst character on the show in season two. Oh, you mean it, like, it it, it transplanted into a different character? Yes, they're like... The evil spirit of this person. <laughs> Yes, yes. They closed her character and out the evil spirit came and it went into that 36-year-old woman who plays <laughs> Lily. Also, great point before we move on that you just made me realize is that Brady is going to date Lily in the second season. So this is his type. Yes. Is insane, incredibly rude person who yes. is also slightly psychopathic. I think I've used that word too much on this podcast. <laughs> I need to start like getting a tip jar here of like unhinged psychopath and um oh there's definitely one other used word that we use all the time but i can't remember and for me it's saying i hate it those are our four <laughs> well we'll get we should get we'll that get t-shirt that. we should get the t you know the t-shirt that's like um for some reason these are the only characters in my mind right now like mufasa and simba and nala and timon and pumbaa oh, like yeah, in that yeah. writing we, I like that that's the one you thought of. I'm sorry. I, it was, I don't know why Mufasa was like the first movie character that came to my mind. But uh, that should be our shirt. Just be like yeah. unhinged and uh, psychopathic. Psychopathic and... and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's our that's our merch. It's just all of this. We'll we'll have this list. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll our merch store yeah, is yeah. like 40 shirts long. Um, yeah. <laughs> We do have one kind of final scene that's like, again, Miranda and Steve um, picking their Netflix movie or whatever. We like have a lot of these scenes. I feel like they show us of this like ice cream ritual. I feel like they're trying to tell us that it's bad because it's like, look at their boring lives. They're just picking yeah, a Netflix movie sad. and eating ice cream. And every time I watch it, I'm like, but that's what I want. <laughs> It makes me a little sad. I understand. It's it's exactly this where I understand for plot reasons what they're trying to do and they're telling us it's a thing, but I'm seeing another. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like... It's like Miranda's a- telling us we're just roommates who like ice cream and watch TV or something like that. And if we didn't have Brady, what would we talk about? But that's not really what I'm seeing. I'm just seeing them hang out and eat ice cream. You know, there's nothing actually that... I think maybe if they were doing something that didn't involve each other. Yes. Like, Steve is always watching TV. She's always reading. And, yeah, they maybe share ice cream, but they, like, don't talk about it. They don't – they just, like, are doing separate activities. I think that might have sold this more. I totally agree. Yeah, because she – 
we'll touch on it more in a second too um but when she, she has a scene with charlotte where she's like yeah we haven't had sex in years um which is like first of all jarring I, I feel like we, I needed a scene where like she didn't even realize he was home. Yes, exactly. And he was like, I, exactly. and he was like, I've been here for like three hours. Right. It's like exactly. Or like they get into bed and one of them makes a motion. Maybe she like tries to make a motion towards him and he rebuffs it. Like I don't know, just something. Um, instead, I'm just told that they haven't had sex in years, which is like crazy. And then I just am thinking about that the entire time, and I mm-hmm. doesn't match. I guess, with the kind of like comfort and ease that the two of them have with one another. Right. Which is, which is a couple thing. You know, if I'm going to believe that they're roommates, I want to see them kind of act a little more like roommates. Like this is, this is not, it feels like Miranda's standard for what a couple should be is just solely romantic or sexual things in this moment. Right. Cause it's like, I actually haven't seen you guys not act like a couple yet. So I'm, I know where this is going, you know, so I know that they're telling me (laughs) that this is the situation because I know where we have to go, but it is, it's hard to watch because I know what's going to happen to Steve and it's hard to watch when what I see is not what's being described to me. As we've talked about before, like many people feel the Che Miranda relationship is a slap in the face to Steve. And I think part of that is like this episode. This episode is supposed to be the episode where they convince us that their Mm. relationship is bad. And I might concede that maybe it's like boring, but it doesn't look bad. And I certainly don't see that Miranda's suffering. Mm -hmm. I don't ever get like a sigh or a rolled eye or like a... Uh, like, uh, we're going to watch another Netflix movie. She's like excited to pick a movie. She's like, oh, did we finish the Danish show? Like, she's like into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she's excited about the chia seeds on the ice cream. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. This was the episode that needed to stick the landing and it's only going to go downhill from here because they did not do the mission that this required. Yeah. Um, Her plot, like all the plots, culminate in the comedy concert. So we are going to rewind one last time and go through Carrie, since she kind of really connects everybody this Mm -hmm. episode. So first of all, we start back at the podcast. And we're hearing about Bobby Lee being a stalker. And it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I like that the people listening don't know what your face looked like there, but I think they could... You know what? This is a good thing for your voice acting reel. Yeah. I think they felt what my face looked like. Yeah. <laughs> I think they it's felt hilarious. What my face. And don't worry. I'm thinking in the back of this, I'm, keep, I, I'm keeping in mind that Lizette is listening and thinks that this is amazing. Amazing. Remember? Amazing podcast. She heard trigger warning and said, oh my God. <laughs> I just, oh God. I, I had that note of like, that's a soundboard that Che has that they can hit to say trigger warning. I wanted to rip my hair out. I don't know if I could do another podcast scene. I was like, this is <laughs> like inconceivable. <laughs> this is definitely a, a comedy podcast, or excuse me, a comedy concert radio show. Radio show. Um, See, because Carrie because, has like, stepped her pussy up in the scene. Exactly. Right. Exactly. She stepped her pussy up um, as the uh, previously on reminded me was a, was a thing. <laughs> it's just so funny to picture that this is supposed to be a conversational fun free-flowing podcast but anytime someone says anything you're like hey button, air horns it's like oh my god this is exhausting how do you guys fill a show like this 
And then they like cut to Gabriel from MI7 like laughing like there's a laugh track in this podcast as well. Yeah, he also jumps in to say something like, totally get that, Carrie. And they're like, hey, whatever his name is. I'm there's, like, what is this show? There's, this is horrible. there's so much setup that they're going to fuck. And then he's in two episodes in season two. I just can't. <laughs> I forgot that there's all this setup, but they really set up that he's like into her. Yeah, they do. They do. It's only because, like, now I know that he's going to be there. It's like, wow, this really was set up as a slow burn. I think they really intended for him to be, like, the next... He was going to fill the void after Big. You know what I mean? He fill my void. Hey, trigger warning. Woke moment. I feel like I need to buy the buttons. I feel like that's where we're at. <laughs> no, this is this this podcast that we're currently on, <laughs> sitting in the sex, is us making fun of this horror show, and then Marina being like, "I'm gonna do this." Now. Or being <laughs> like, like, "I'm actually on board with this now. I'm gonna do this. This is a horrifying dinner party. I'm gonna throw." One yeah, yeah. Like it's like the peek behind the curtain. Anytime we really shit on something, it's because we're jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're envious. I'm envious. I don't have a woke moment button. I wish I could live my life with a woke moment button are you joking at my corporate <laughs> nine to five being like woke moment in every meeting oh yeah I, oh my god I, honestly just around the house <laughs> anyway then Che's like how you doing with big's death <laughs> Che's like how's that death going with a how's full neck roll from the love of your life Anyway, after this after this discussion, how's that going? And Carrie's like, oh, I guess I'm doing okay. And then Shay's like, well, you don't have to come to my comedy show. This is where we get, uh, I think yeah, they say show. And then Carrie's like, well, you came to my funeral, so I'll come to your comedy show. What a what a thing to say to someone. <laughs> what a thing to say. And I feel to like my funeral. We touched on this, but. I feel like we didn't really go in on the way we wanted to go in, but the overall fact that Che is at Mr. Big's funeral crazy is bonkers. It's so insane. So Carrie and Miranda meet up, and as I said, Miranda is like boasting about Che, which ugh. and then um, can I ask you something? Does Miranda act like this with other crushes that she has? Like, is this just kind of how she responds to crushes? I feel like if I was in the room right now with my coat Patrick King and I had to interview him, I feel like I would say, like, did you make her reaction so strong and so crazy because she hasn't ever felt romance like this? Which is something I could argue, frankly speaking, given her other relationships on the show. But I'm giving a lot of grace with that interpretation because they really change her character a lot. It's like not only is she experiencing, I guess, love in a different way for the first time, but I've like never seen her like this. So I'm like, it reads as a complete lobotomy in terms of like, I don't know that this is her character. Okay. Yeah. So I'm mixed. My yeah. my answer is that I'm mixed. I was curious. I'm I'm trying hard to help out. MPK here. Um, we all are. We have to hold him through this. No. <laughs> um, so then we get to the reading of Big's will. Then Gloria is there, the secretary who I mentioned is not in the original show. So now I'm just like confused. 
kept being like, why is she there? I guess because she's big secretary. But like, I also don't know who the hell she is. So I could have watched this scene without her there. And I would have never been like, oh, you know who belongs in the scene? Gloria, big secretary. Yeah, she really doesn't add anything, does she? I mean, I, I wonder if the intention is to make it feel like there is someone else in Big's life besides Carrie. So, like, it gives the appearance that he has a character. But thank you for reminding me about all of this. Because, honestly, when she showed up, I forgot who this was. And I thought it was his mom. Like, I genuinely yeah. was like, I don't know who this woman is. <laughs> I have forgotten. I'm just going to assume that she's supposed to be here. Um, instead of Big's best friend, Che Diaz, who was at the funeral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, that's what I feel feel like is going on. It's because Jake doesn't actually have any friends. Yeah, that's true. So she's she's doing the heavy lifting here. That's true. I love this little Motley crew. That's this like bitchy Will Reader, Gloria, who yeah. I don't care about, Miranda, who's seemingly not Miranda, and then Carrie. Okay. So Big awards a million dollars to his ex-wife, Natasha, who is in the original show. And I am going to do my best to not tell you what happens in the original show. I mean, you can obviously ascertain. I can figure out. I have context clues. You have some context clues, but you don't know the extent of the the way that it played out. So I will not reveal that. Okay. But you have some context clues that she's was an ex-wife and Carrie got in the middle. And then he ended up with Carrie. So you can probably draw the lines there about what happened. Um Mm-hmm. But Carrie is enraged about it. She just cannot get over the fact that he would give a million dollars to his ex-wife. And she starts to spiral like, do they still talk? Has he been giving her money this whole time? Like she just goes on an absolute cyclone about it. Um, she comes home. She tries to break into Big's computer because the mysteries are just abound. Um, and then as she's laying awake at night, um, she goes to turn on his phone and she can't even break into his phone. Um, it's, there's this very cute scene where she goes through all his jacket pockets and finds a phone number and she's like, whose phone number is this? And she calls it and it's her own landline. And then she goes through his wallet and she finds in his wallet a folded up photo of a dog named Gogi. So now she's questioning, did she even know this man? Because all these years, she never knew that he had a dog named Gogi, let alone a dog that was so important that he had a picture of it folded up in his wallet. So she has a full blown meltdown about it and decides, you know what, I'm going to call Natasha. Like, I need to talk to Natasha. She goes to DM Natasha, and Natasha blocks her in this scene. Yes. And Miranda's like, you have to stop. I I wanted to say, I want to shout out Miranda in this, because we've talked so much about Miranda, like, not being in character and people not being good friends with each other. I want to shout out moments when they are good friends to each other and highlight them. And this was one of them, Miranda being on the phone with Carrie. I loved the sequence, the kind of comedic sequence of um, Miranda progressing from uh, Carrie, like, don't worry about it. Why don't you sleep on it? And we can talk about texting her tomorrow. Oh, you've already texted her? Okay, you're freaking out? Don't worry. She'll respond with compassion. It is what it is. Oh, she blocked you? What a bitch. You know, it's like she's like always ready with the response for whatever the situation is happening. You know, of like when you ask your friend about the risky text, oh no, I sent it now, I'm freaking out. Oh my God, look at what the response was. It's like, it's so funny that Miranda is like, 
pivoting every single second. And it made me really appreciate Miranda in this moment um, as the as the friend to Carrie's, uh, you know, meltdown, should we call it? Yeah. I feel like this whole plot, starting from when we learn of this will business to the culmination of this will business, not only is, like, obviously the best part of this episode, uh, and that's completely putting the comedy concert on the cutting room floor, um, mm. it's one of the better, I think, overall episodes that I've seen so far in my rewatch um, in that, like... I think it's just finally we have some like real tension like big leaving his ex-wife a million dollars is like actual real plausible tension yes. that I care about that's not just like something stupid that made somebody mad um mm -hmm. and well said be because of that then I think that's why we get these like delightful scenes because they're like reacting you know, it's it's easier to be relatable to something we would all relate to. Then we get, I think, again, one of the best scenes here. I think one of the best scenes that highlights their friendship, which is Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte go to stalk Natasha at her job. So they're all, like, packed in the SUV, and Carrie's completely spiraling. And then we see Natasha come out of the cab, just, like, hair blowing all, like, you know, just, like, she was a gorgeous woman in the show. She continues to be a gorgeous woman. I love top moment here when Charlotte's like, she's wearing flats. And Miranda's like, that's literally the only negative thing that you can say. <laughs> it's so good. So then Carrie's like, that's it. I'm going in. And she busts in. And I love that she goes because Natasha works in fashion. And so I love that she goes to this like lobby and it's this like stark modern art lobby. And it's just like a big because it's a cashmere company. It's a big, huge, long mural of like a field and like one sheep. And it's like Carrie standing in front of this mural. And like, I don't know. I was like, I think one of the only moments thus far in this show where just the visual made me laugh. That's an excellent point. Like they didn't right. say any joke. It was just graceful. Like she's there. The sheep is there. It's the two of them. Yeah, exactly. I, no notes. No notes. Um, so then Charlotte and Miranda go to the Starbucks across the street, which I've definitely been at that Starbucks. I definitely peed at that Starbucks. <laughs> I marked my territory in that Starbucks. I've marked my territory in that Starbucks. Um, <laughs> and they go and they have the conversation that we mentioned about where Miranda admits that she hasn't had sex with Steve for years. Mm -hmm. Charlotte uh, asks for a charger and Miranda's like, oh, just go through my backpack. I'm going to go to the bathroom, the same bathroom I peed in. Cynthia Nixon and I have been in the same bathroom. I just want to note that for the record. And Charlotte wow. goes through the backpack and finds three tiny Tito's bottles and is distressed to say the least but doesn't say anything about it not yet at this not moment mm -hmm. um so then we cut back to carrie and natasha's secretary comes out and says um sorry natasha's not here right now she's in rome um and the title of this episode i forgot to say is when in rome oh my god that's funny which is very okay. cute i was cute. like i cute. see I you that. Um, it's okay and then we have another great hijinky moment which Carrie you know Carrie comes down she bursts into the Starbucks and she's like Natasha said she's in Rome but like we saw her walk in she's there like she's ignoring me and then they're like standing outside of her work building and she's like pointing up at the window being like she's right in there right now right in there and then Natasha like goes to the window just to like casually look out and sees Carrie 
on the street pointing up pointing at, her at her in the window. It's so delicious. It's like such a pylon of humiliation for Carrie. Yeah. And it's completely self-inflicted. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, I don't, it's like, I'm fine with like cringe stuff. You know, I'm fine with like characters being horrible. What this show infuriates me about is that the characters are bad, but the show doesn't recognize it's bad. Yeah. And this is a good one where we get to just watch them be bad or be embarrassing. And the show like knows it and <laughs> and makes a joke out of it. I'm like, maybe we like, not only is there real tension and that's why all this stuff is working, but you're yeah. right. Like Carrie beefs it a lot in this episode. And maybe we're just like funny. living off of that. <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> then they take her so seriously later on and we're like, ugh, what? So confusing. And then here she just beefs it one after the other and we're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I can get behind that. <laughs> um, so then Carrie, she has like this day where she walks everywhere because it's kind of clear that she's like so filled with anxiety over this Natasha thing and she can't talk to Natasha about it. So she's just like on a walking tour of Central Park and New York, just like trying to work through um, what's stressing her out. So she calls Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte's in the bathroom and Harry just pees long and loud. That's the only note I wrote <laughs> for the scene. I don't even remember what the fuck they talk about. All I remember is that Harry pees long and loud. <laughs> Thank you for that note. You're welcome. That's all we have to say about that. Bop, 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 bop. Okay, so then <laughs> um, Miranda and Carrie meet up at Columbia and before Miranda's class and Carrie just admits that she's just like mad at big because she feels like this whole Natasha situation has like sent her back to the way she was with big alluding to basically the way she was with big in the show um which is like you know always kind of tormented by what he thought of her and like where they were and like you know very much like fuckboy vibes of like I don't know what's going on um and she thought that their marriage was all set or whatever okay i loved this scene um and i loved this plot not just because of the fun hijinks but it's like i think that this is the first time where i've watched something and be like oh this is actually a really good representation of something this is carrie acting like an actual person and then the world responding in kind so like what i mean by that that was way too eloquent to describe this fucking show cut that cut that shit at pretentious okay what i meant to say is like what i really liked about this is that i find it entirely believable that carrie is the person who you know was really just wants to win you know what I mean? And I, and I talked about this with Aiden, where it's like, I'm not sure if she actually loves Aiden or she just likes winning. And it's like, yeah, I think in her mind, it's like she maybe she loved him and she wanted to marry him because she loved him as a person. Yeah, like, um, but maybe she also just wanted to win. You know what I mean? And I think that's actually like a lot of people are like that. A lot of women are like that with these fuck boys, with these guys that like treat them terribly because there is something about winning. It's not like just a self-esteem issue. That, that, that's part of it. I think there's also something about like, this person has rejected me in some way and now I need to prove to him and myself and the world 
that I'm actually on top and I need to like get him. And you know, and then the, that's the fixation starts. It's like that type. I see that like with Carrie in this episode and it feels so real and believable of like, this is where it leads guys. Like she got him, right? She got the marriage. She got him to the altar. She like had the happy marriage, quote unquote. And she still doesn't trust him. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you don't find peace with these people. Um, even if you can get them to the altar and sign the paper or whatever. Like she says in the scene, I'm mad that he's like spoiled the good years we've had because it sent me back. And it's like, yeah, actually that's kind of like the good years or the temporary part. Like the, the actual permanent stasis that you have with this guy is not being sure about yeah. him, yourself, where you stand. Like that's actually the default. So I actually really liked seeing that and thought this scene was great. I thought she says it, like nails it when she identifies the problem of like he's kind of sent me back yeah you know I 100% agree and this was one of the scenes that I was referencing when I was talking about my one word earlier where this is a very similar scene to is big a big mistake where it's Mm. like rethinking this relationship now that the person is gone but this scene this scene in this episode achieves it so much better because they actually like hash it out like or like she actually like takes us through into her interior process and we feel it especially having been a person who has been with her and have been with big the entire time whereas big is a big mistake is a cool thing that's said and then just dropped and we never get the kind of internal turmoil explained like we get in this scene because big is a big mistake is like a slightly different issue because it's basically like oh well should i have picked aiden over big but they both kind of get at the same thing which is like when that person is no longer there not because they didn't pick you but because they're literally dead how does that change your view on them and your relationship um and so i was kind of stunned to watch this scene again because i was like they can do it. They can do it. Yeah. Evidence that they can do it. Evidence that they can make funny things. Evidence that they can make poignant conversations. I think that's a great comparison. I hadn't even thought of that. I think that's great. I like that is exactly the parallel. And I think you've nailed what worked here that that doesn't work there. Is we don't we don't really get to see it. I love I love this. I love the scene. And I yeah. Our prayers are with this scene. Um. <laughs> So uh, then uh, Carrie calls um, Charlotte while Charlotte's taking her dog out for a dump, (laughs) (laughs) which is so random, but very cute. Yeah. I guess it's like, well, we can't, we don't know what to give to Charlotte. So she's going to be taking her dog out. (laughs) Yeah, literally. And um, we see like the differences between Miranda and Charlotte, I guess, where Miranda just kind of like is supportive and says the right thing. And Charlotte's just like trying to, be the cheerleader Mm -hmm. and um carrie's like i don't want a cheerleader right now um and she then decides to walk into a cafe to get a drink and uh because she has to pee because pee is a universal thing in this episode and as she goes to pee she opens the door natasha peeing natasha screams she screams then she closes the door in like a hurried mess. And because she closes it in a hurried mess, she pours the hot liquid all over her hands. Um, but she's finally trapped her like a damn little snake. 
And (laughs) so then Natasha comes out of the bathroom and they finally have a big talk. At first they do some little kind of small talk. We learn that Natasha actually has two sons and one of them has like low blood sugar or something. Which because she has to explain why she has a Ziploc bag of crackers in her purse because like I guess oh. women are allowed to have that, whatever. And she, <laughs> she makes. It- I'm sorry, women are not allowed to like burrow and find nutrition and hide it in our bags. Excuse me. Excuse this is hunter gatherer like <laughs> <laughs> I behavior. Just, I just love when she took out the little bag of crackers in a Ziploc, and I thought nothing of it. And then the show went to such care to be like this beautiful woman. <laughs> would never eat these crackers. They are for an eight-year-old boy, however old he is. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so I'm an eight-year-old boy. Got oh, it. Oh, okay. And then Miranda, and then Marina, offended in her Lion King shirt with a book <laughs> left unread next to her bed, is like, oh, okay. So a woman can't have a little cracker? <laughs> a little num-num. A little num-num. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassing. I'm embarrassing to myself. I'm embarrassing to my lineage. I I didn't think that this episode would reveal this in me. No, we're getting somewhere. Yeah, but we're 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 having. A, I'm on the verge of a breakthrough. Yeah, <laughs> we're call my therapist. Let her know. Yeah, yeah, this is good. I'm gonna write this down. We're gonna pick this up at the next session. Thank you, thank you. Uh, outro music. No. <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, they talk, and long story short, Natasha rejects the money. She's like, I don't want any part of that. Um, she reveals that they haven't talked since the day that they divorced. So Carrie, I guess, can sleep well at night, knowing that Big was truly her simp, as you put it, I believe. And um, they just kind of... I think she... Natasha gives... First of all, Natasha... I fucking love. I cannot wait to see her in this old show. MVP. She's awesome. MVP. Um, I think she gives Carrie validation that me, as my biased viewer who doesn't like Carrie, I'm like, Carrie doesn't deserve this kind of <laughs> level of validation. <laughs> and Carrie's relationship with Big certainly does, doesn't deserve this kind of validation. And Natasha is absolutely a bigger person than me because I would not have taken pity on this person if she stole my husband. Oh, like, Emily. I, I can't wait till you see how this unfolded and then you watch this scene and you think about this scene again and you're like oh my god how did she not just commit arson and burn the whole store to the ground (laughs) okay oh my god that's the level that we're talking about here i'm frightened now i'm the one shaking (laughs) i'm trembling you're trembling you're quaking (laughs) but yeah bigger than me i appreciate it she gives the validation and i get it we have to wrap up a nice bow on this episode and move on but um yeah, just kudos to Natasha. I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't have said, "I don't know why he married me when he was in love with you the whole time." I would never oh give her the satisfaction God. of that. Absolutely not. Yeah, I do think that they make Natasha overly nice in this scene. But this is my second scene of a repeat of it. Really was like Aiden's wife in a way. Aiden's. I was thinking about that. Yeah, because Aiden's wife is not in the OG show. Natasha is in the OG show, um, obviously. So they do have scenes together that I am not going to spoil here. Um, And 
I totally agree with you that this is a very Carrie coded, Carrie directed scene where Carrie got all her questions answered and Natasha has just been tormented again by this person um, who just cannot let her live her goddamn life in peace as the coolest, sickest person on this show. Um, <laughs> but at least I feel like they really talked it out in a way that was satisfactory to me. Unlike mm. Aiden's wife, which was just so like a rock skimping on the top of a river. Like just mm-hmm. like blink pop out. You want a croissant? And it's like Yeah. Yes. You know pop out. I'd yeah. I'd rather take this kind of pandery scene, I guess, that I feel is like real. And I can feel their emotion in this scene. I can feel how angry Natasha is to see her and like how it's you know, for both of them, it's so uncomfortable. And like, I can really feel it um, that I don't get later on in that scene. Granted, the ex-wife has never been on the show, but even more of a reason to explore that conversation that they just, again, ditch for time. I agree. I think that's a very astute point. I'm on board. You've convinced me. I am now on team. Like, I would rather have like a resolution, (laughs) even if it's not the one I necessarily would write or would like to see. Um, I would rather have it like this. This felt much more satisfying. Um, And you get to live in the the blissful ignorance of not knowing the depth here. Um, So put a pin in that. I do love, though, the button on this scene, which is like Carrie's like, I think in his way, it was him trying to say he was sorry. You know, he's a finance guy. <laughs> it's so funny. I it just, again, Natasha is so much bigger than me because it's like, if I were her, obviously this would have gone very differently. But if I were her and then Carrie tried to explain the million dollars to me and said, you know, he's a finance guy. I would have been like, first of all, don't condescend to me. Like, I also know this dude. And then secondly, like, do you know this dude? Like, your only explanation is he's a, fi- he's a math. What? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, he money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I would have been like, this is the person who I have suffered for. <laughs> this, this great romance is he's finance. Go easy on him. He bro bro. That's why he paid you like a common whore. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's why he left the money on your nightstand. <laughs> so he finance. Gross. And then I just also love, though, that they do give Natasha being like, all right, well, I'm going to go fuck off with my boys and my life that's better than whatever shithole you're living in. Yeah, she's like, we're not following each other on Instagram. We're not going to talk to each other. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, And and, uh, this is another rap on Big Who, once again, has yet to make any sort of impression (laughs) on me other than just like he's a fuck boy. Like, I know nothing about him except for his only close relative is like his secretary who we just met. And he's like finance guy. You know what I mean? Like, he, he just know nothing about this person. I feel like it just goes to what we always say about this show in general, which is that they don't know what they're doing. And that like this show should have just been about being like, you know what? Once and for all, big does suck. Just like yeah, lean yeah. in. Instead, they don't. Instead, they're like, no. But they're, they're too romance. nostalgic about it. They're, they're too precious about I it. I know, and I, I hate it. That's my one. I hated of the episode. Okay. Um. So then we get to the comedy concert. 
if if you just drop someone into this scene with no build up, no context, whatever, you would not in a million years guess comedy show. You certainly in a million years wouldn't guess comedy concert. Um, but it is incredibly strange how they start with like kind of bad cheap jokes and then veer into just no jokes and just like rallying cry you know very i don't know with the energy and delivery of you get a car you get a car everybody (laughs) gets a car so much has been written about this comedy concert also that i'm gonna have a hard time finding things to say charlotte does have the nice moment where she calls her kid and is like just so you know i love you after all of this yeah confusion and you know rock saying that they don't you know charlotte was like i just want to call my kid and let them know that no matter what change happens etc it's like i want them to love them that's sweet. Yes. That's nice to see. Yes. And then she's like, I, I, there, I just wish none of, uh, nothing else that happened in this happened. <laughs> um, but we do get one way to have a new way to look at this comedy concert, which is our special guest. So we'll get to that right now. Okay, well, I want to welcome to your ears a very special guest, our first special guest on the podcast, let me just say. Um, She is an actor, writer, and comedian here in New York City. You may have seen her doing comedy on stages. You may have also seen her on her television doing a Cheeto commercial with none other than Drew Barrymore. Excuse me, little round of applause. We'll insert that. Please welcome Erica Dieterich. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I didn't realize I was the first guest. You are our first so guest. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Um <laughs> you you will be getting a prize that Marina will Amazing. absolutely be sending you. There's no way absolutely. it's better than the little elephant I got. Um I still I'm literally looking at it. The little elephant sculpture from the American from the Art, yeah. Next Top Glow Up Runway yeah. Project. Um, yeah, you can say the night. I mean, you can name drop that on this podcast. Right? You can cross promote. <laughs> Is it plug time? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> um, yes, that little elephant guy is by far one of the most beautiful prizes we've ever had. We graciously um, are on our podcast today because you are in the episode. It's, of course, Che's comedy concert. And the scene that you are most heavily featured in is the after party where Che and Miranda, they kind of get together for the first time. That was, uh, I know enough, or I knew enough about the show at that point to be like, oh, damn, (laughs) something's going down. Um, I was going to ask. That is what I would love to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Marina, I think is going to ask the question. Yeah. To pull back the curtain first. Just so what is your relationship to this media empire conglomerate to sex in the city yeah 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 um i didn't my I, it was never on growing up i had no idea like i kind of knew of it but i was like and it's an it's an older person show um <laughs> and then i remember when like the movies came out everyone like lost their shit it was on tv this was before streaming and i watched it and i was just i was like what do they do they do anything i don't do they just like party and like dress like how do they make money and i want to just say that like that entire explanation makes me feel so seen because that is you just described my exact experience with this which was like do they do anything how do they make money okay i'm getting references now like that (laughs) that progression is exactly my journey so thank you for that 
I also will say that I think I became more familiar with it after I had like moved to the city and like become an adult. And that I think added to the the anger. Cause I was like, this is not at all. No, this is not <laughs> unless you're like a trust fund baby. So how did you get this gig? Like where were um, you in your life when this came to you? So it was the summer of 2021. So it was right it was kind of when things were really starting to to pop off and like film again. Um, it was one of those like everyone's you had to get a bazillion COVID tests beforehand and masks on set, and we all had to like stuff them in our shirts when cameras started rolling if you didn't have like pockets. Um, and I am part of an online database, Grant Wilfrey casting. I want to say. Um, and they just reached out because they were looking for like a, a shit ton of LGBTQ people for uh, multiple scenes in that first season. Um, because obviously you guys are aware that they were very like woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, the exact way I would describe that season is a scared, tentative woke. <laughs> Yeah. After a very pregnant pause. Yeah. 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 And air quotes. <laughs> and air quotes, just to really like. <laughs> um, and I just happened to kind of like luck out and became very featured background, which I slightly made that happen myself because you have to. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I need that story. Explain. Yes. <laughs> so, like, it's, I mean, as, as you guys probably know, when it comes to like background stuff, there's not nearly as many people there as you think because they keep moving you around. So it just looks fuller. Um, and so like I had this path where I was like coming down the stairs, like right where Cynthia Nixon was coming and she made her way to Che. And then they were like, you know, just, just like find, find a spot over here. And I found, I saw where Cynthia Nixon was standing and I like positioned myself and, and I saw where the camera was and I was like, <laughs> And nobody stopped me. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm going to be in this unless they cut this scene. Um, yeah. I um, love that. So were you only in that restaurant scene or were you also at the famed comedy concert? I was at the comedy concert. We all were. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but I was. I have to know what that was like. <laughs> I just I I, I, I need, need to know descriptors. what the vibe was in the room. What did anyone know? What was happening? What is the cue? When people are like, give a big laugh. That joke just happened. Yeah, like, I need to know what was going down. So you definitely can't. You can't really see me in that one because I was like kind of just on the edge. Um, but it was that took almost a full like ten hours. Um, wow. And I remember in the a tight ten, a tight ten, tight <laughs> ten. Um, and I remember in the, I don't know, like the casting email or like, you know, what to bring to set to wear and stuff, because as an extra, like you bring all of your own stuff. Um, they said it was a concert. So I was like, well, I'm going to be standing. And if I know anything about filming, I'm going to be standing for a long time. So I wore my docs. Uh, I was like, no heels. And when I showed up, there was a lot of people like in stilettos and I was like, you're going to hate yourself. And like, 30 minutes <laughs> um and so sarah ramirez comes out and does this little comedy concert and it, like at first i like laugh because it was 
I mean, it was also just fun being on set. It was like there was some funny jokes in there and like just seeing her, um, them as well because just years of watching Grey's Anatomy. Um, and it was exciting. And then by like the fifth time, I was like, okay. <laughs> and then by like the 25th time, I was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Oh my God. And they did it so many times. Did you... Um bond with anybody while you were there specifically I wanted to ask you about the person that you seem to be like talking to <laughs> behind Cynthia Nixon I need to know like that person's social security number <laughs> um <laughs> there was a uh, a few people that I actually had seen before this is when I actually got to kind of know some people that were in um like the background community I guess we'll call it um, some of which I actually ended up working with on bros like a few months later. Um, uh, but this in particular person, they were, it was like their first time on a set ever. And our entire conversation was them like, I have such a headache. I'm so dehydrated. Oh I'm my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah <laughs> you know because but they were they were I genuinely was kind of concerned like they seemed very much in pain um and which I mean non-union background work is is something um we were also all in the scene I I don't remember if it was before or after like where they're leaving um the concert yeah, like they're leaving the yeah, concert yeah. and they like go around to the little club. Mm-hmm. We were also, all of us were also there. And it was that scene, I want to say we were filming at like two in the morning in the middle of July in like 95 degree New York summer heat. Oh and I was ready to die. Like, <laughs> and And we had to like we had to like scrounge around to find water because it was just such a big production. Like there was just so many things happening because they also, I want to say let like let it leak where they were filming because it was like a human zoo outside. There was like people across the street being like, and we were all just like, this is making this take longer and we're sweaty and we want to die. And where's the water? (laughs) And, um, it was it was rough the, the second day. Also because we didn't have enough time between the first and second day to like do laundry. So I showed up and had to wear the same thing and it was already disgusting. Oh. Um that was that was a tough one. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. It definitely it definitely was worth it for the for the feature background though. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, eyes on the prize. I did want to call out your gorgeous dark lip color. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, like, yes. we're we're going to be like, I'm going to be my extra gay self and put on this um, dark purple lipstick. This is really making me appreciate every every single scene we have that is like two people talking and then they're like in the busiest restaurant you've ever seen at like. 1 p.m. on an afternoon you know it's like or 3 p.m. you know it's like after school or something and the restaurant is full and there are people coming in and out you know it just it really makes me appreciate um how a show like this has so many people like 
working and and, and suffering for you know to to get that take or get the laugh right and stuff like that um i mean it really it, it's something i do think about that now every time i watch something with like the background be like how long were you sitting in that chair in that restaurant <laughs> <laughs> looking um, at the food pick, picking at the same plate <laughs> right yeah um I, there was another thing i wanted to mention i have a very vivid memory of while we were filming this um the bar scene sarah jessica parker and the director walking through the middle of all of the extras and the director was like so later when we do that scene with big um, he's going to come in and you guys are going to do this thing that we talked about. And then, so, and, cause he'll be in that seat. Like, and I, I remember thinking that was weird. I was like, why are they, where, what are they doing? And I was like, they tried to fake everybody out to think that big was still going to be alive. And I was like, you crafty motherfuckers, you got me. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. I love a good scheme. Like I got to, I, I got to hand it. To, to MPK and SJP. I love a good scheme. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of stories like that. Like they would invite him to scenes like when, because paparazzi would show up. So sometimes yeah. he was like at tapings of scenes he was not in. I think Dang. he actually was at his own funeral, like because they filmed the funeral at a gallery in Chelsea, literally. Right. Um, and he's in he like he was photographed like walking in. So people I remember reading on page six, like everyone's in black, like somebody's dead. But like who it who it, could it be? Um, and I feel like that's why a lot of people thought, oh, Samantha died from covid. And that was going to be the reason why <laughs> Kim Control really? wasn't on the show. Dang. Yeah. I mean, it. They were never going to do that, but I remember like when those articles came out being like, what if she died from COVID? And I was like, they're not, they're not that, they're not that silly. Woke. I don't know. <laughs> just, woke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to ask, obviously, because the, the particular scene that you're featured in is where we really see the romantic tension between Che and Miranda come to a fever pitch where Che shotguns marijuana yeah. into Miranda's mouth. How many times did they do the shotgun? <laughs> I actually think they only did it a couple times because what they did is they like cut it and would like do, they did the scene multiple times with her like faking it out. And then they did it like, maybe two or three times with the actual smoke and did like a, you know, the, the whatever special movement they did. Um, but the actual scene itself, they did like a handful of times and it was hot. I could feel like Sarah Ramirez is very good looking and they like, they like, ha like their eyes are just like, it like got me a little bit. <laughs> And then I had to remember I was in the background. I'm like, you can't show it. You can't show it. You know, <laughs> the internal process. Well, now I have this headcanon of, of your character in this show. Like now I'm going to give you a character in my head. Of, like this person was also smitten by Che Diaz. Right. I literally was going to ask, like, did you come up with a character just for fun? But I, I'm going to default that. <laughs> your character had a crush on Sarah Ramirez and was like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Miranda just swooped, swooped, like swooped in and, and broke your heart. Yeah. <sighs> Tragic. 
Cynthia Nixon is not also not as tall as you think she is. I felt like watching the show that she was giant. And maybe it's just because she's next to Sarah Jessica Parker, who's like very short. But I remember seeing her on set and being like, oh, you're like, you're like average. You're like average height for like five, 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 six or something like that. Really? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Because she seems like super tall and and they're also always like elongating her, like they're putting her in long pants and stuff. Right. So how short is Sarah Jessica Parker? She was really short. I mean, she was definitely, I feel like she's got a rap of being a little bit of a mean girl on set. And I could kind of see it. Like she, she just wasn't very like talkative. Wasn't very like mm. she was there to say her line, do her thing, and then like get. Which I mean, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge somebody for that. Like you know, like they're people, and um, but she was very short, very short. Who mm. who was the friendliest person? Oh, um, Charlotte. She. She came in and like said hi to all of us on her way to get hair and makeup, and it was very sweet. She was oh very sweet. Oh my god, that's lovely. Kristen I, Davis. I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Kristen Davis. We stand. We stand in this house. I just I love to hear about. I, I agree. Where it's like I don't judge anyone for being like I got to get through my job. I'm tired. Like I can't say hi to all these people. It's exhausting. But I I, I totally get that. But I also do appreciate people who like still have fun with it if that makes sense like there's yeah. still some sort of novelty she was very sweet um i'm gonna toss this question to emily for emily to ask about her her biggest enemy on this show oh god there are so many but we're talking about carrie <laughs> no i was gonna say michael patrick king oh michael patrick king okay <laughs> my enemy behind the scenes okay um yeah michael patrick king um i would love to know a little bit more about him and any interactions with him like I guess first of all what is the relationship with the director and like the extras is he actually giving you direction is it sort of going through someone else like how much Um, interaction did you do with him especially with like such big stars on set the director usually is not concerned about the extras acting wise um he definitely was trying to get us amped up um and I actually very distinctly remember <laughs> him talking about he, he like I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was he made a comment about like pronouns and being like and you know, I mean whatever whatever anybody's saying these days I'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> and I was like <sighs> like you know. <laughs> Like he's like yeah. woke, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, and it, I remember it like really irked me because it was very clear from this particular day of filming that they were trying to be more inclusive um, rather than having these like four straight white women, um, like highlighting other other like walks of life. And I remember thinking, why is he directing? <laughs> He's like he's an older straight white man. Um and it yeah, I remember being irked by it. Um he wasn't mean. He wasn't like it wasn't like you get away from me. But I remember just being like, I think you're just kind of another um another middle aged white man director who's trying who's trying to be uh 
more than he is. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I, I, something we've talked about a lot on the show is this kind of like nod to, or reference to certain um, ideas of inclusivity or of like what modern relationships look like, what sort of like, but then kind of fumble the ball a little bit at the end. Right. And like, that's very interesting that I think he's like cognizant of it on the set of like, people are going to get upset, you know, because yeah. it, it's a show that um, it has that voice behind it, but at the same time is trying very hard to be bold, if that makes sense. Like it's trying really hard to say like, like, look, we're doing it. We're doing the thing, you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's right. Yeah. Yeah, um, your impersonation was exactly how I thought he would be, and I'm glad that I judged a book by its cover and it was right. No, I'm just joking. Sometimes <laughs> books. I'm glad I've never made a mistake about my judgment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like just going off of that. I absolutely judge some books by their covers for sure. <laughs> like literal books, some of them like are really good based on the cover. I just will say that. Or they suck based on the cover. I was going to ask, would you ever go to a Che Diaz comedy concert? Not if, if you were not paid, obviously. <laughs> right. Um, you know, if John was working and I got free tickets, then sure. <laughs> and I think My we'll end on that. Thank you so much, yeah. Erica, for <laughs> chatting with us. Thank you for having me. So to wrap up the episode, um, we end on a sobering note, which is that while Miranda is getting shotgunned at the bar, Carrie and Charlotte are together in the car. That rhymed. And Charlotte brings up that Miranda has a drinking problem. And much like you said, Carrie really tries to blow it off. Like, are we all drinking? Ha ha ha. And Charlotte's like, no, three Tito's bottles is weird. And we kind of end on that note. And then... Carrie shows up at her, you know, apartment that she once shared with Big, and then she doesn't want to go in, so she continues to walk, and she walks all the way back to her OG classic Sex in the City apartment, and we end on, and just like that, I walked myself home. Okay. I thank you for that. I can't tell the difference between what is her apartment and the apartment with Big. So that <laughs> is helpful that you explain that to me because I did not understand. I thought she just like took a car to some house <laughs> and the doorman is like Mrs. Preston. And I was like, is this Big's like old apartment? Is this his family's apartment? Because then she walks home to the apartment and I thought that was the same. Do you know what I mean? I did not realize this. Thank you so much for enlightening me and teaching me what was happening. And that's the episode. So we end as we always end with our rose and thorn, our high and our low. Emily, what was your get them of this episode? My get them has to be, maybe I'm, I'm using this too early and we're going to see even worse. I don't know. But it has to be Chase comedy. I just can't. There's nothing else to say that hasn't been said. Chase comedy. Um, I hate it and I don't want to see anything else from it and I don't want people to tell me oh you don't get it because it's comedy and you don't get comedy I will punch you in the face <laughs> what is your get them I think my get them is the no sex for years I think I'm just really fixated on that I feel like someone's yeah. gonna I mean, it come is, it is a crazy thing to like drop and then when you think about it you're like this this is a crazy thing to happen and have you 
just never bring it up and just blow like, past never, it you never talked about this with steve yeah like, i guess it's like and you know i ha- i am not a woman of a certain age who's been in a marriage for a certain amount of years who is you know kind of drifting away from sex but the fact that she wouldn't even bring it up with your girlfriends in just a casual way is kind of odd to me what was your release the kraken of this episode um, the scene with her and Miranda on the steps of college. I mean, because the scene is good, but what I really want to uh, make my my highlight for this is really just the idea of like Carrie and the show really, not even it has to be Carrie, the show being self-aware enough because like everything she says in that scene is like, and it, it's just the show clearly understands what's happening. And the show in this moment understands Carrie and Big and it was so self-aware and so refreshing and um I just want more like breakthrough moments like that um I think my release the Kraken has to be that this is Stanford's last episode I feel like they finally gave him some good scenes (laughs) it's true it's true you know I love the way that he goes after Charlotte in that scene where he's like you've never accepted me as a fan of the show I'm like yeah they never have (laughs) well this has been and just like that season one episode three thank you for joining us uh thank you to erica diederich for her wonderful perspective and for her wonderful wonderful interview um we will be back next wednesday as we're here every wednesday you can follow us you can like us you can subscribe you can high five you can um send me a children's book in the mail um to force my mother to read to me um don't do that please don't look for my address and um (laughs) uh we will see you next week bye